The Titans started the month with a loss to the Jets, and now three weeks later, they've knocked off the Bills and Chiefs. This is the Titans 10. We're talking that and much more. Let's go. Welcome in to the Titans 10 for Tuesday, October 26th. I am your host, Easton Freeze, broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. Welcome into the show. Uh, I have to apologize for last week. Frustrating. We dealt with more technical issues. What we thought was software issues that we'd gotten fixed ended up being hardware issues. So that thing's dead to me. We got rid of it. Got some new hardware in here. So we are good to go. We're back on schedule. Here we are on Tuesday. We'll be back on Friday. A reminder before we get started with today's episode. The Titans 10 has its own podcast feed, so if you're one of the many people listening on the Football and Other F-Words podcast feed, stop, go to the description of this show, click on the link, go subscribe to the Titans 10 feed wherever you get your podcasts and listen there. Thank you for that. Today, as always, we've got a weekly recap segment, some post-game pressers to get to, and then a quick hit segment to round things out. All right, we got a lot to get to, so let's get into the weekly recap for week seven. Well, the Titans got their most impressive victory of the year, taking down the defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs and really taking them behind the woodshed with a 27-3 beatdown that was essentially over at halftime. It was the most impressive two-game stretch for any team this season. The Titans last week taking down the Bills and the Chiefs. They beat both 2020 AFC championship game teams in a six-day span on a short week. The Titans now find themselves atop the AFC, tied with the Bengals, Raiders, and Ravens at 5-2. Titans fans have to be kind of kicking themselves a little bit because they would be in sole possession of the AFC at 6-1 if they hadn't fallen to the Jets to open the October month. That's a bit of a shoulda, coulda, woulda, but that has to be a little bit frustrating. Nonetheless, they are tied for first place in the conference. They are well above the rest of the division in the AFC South. This offense is finally rumbling, like many hoped and thought it would be coming into the season. Excluding the kneel down to end the Bills game, the Titans recorded 11 consecutive scoring drives, seven touchdowns and four field goals against the Bills and the Chiefs, starting in the second quarter of the Bills game and ending in the third quarter of the Chiefs game. This Chiefs game was Ryan Tannehill's best game of the year so far, by far. He looked like himself again. He was the highest graded quarterback in Week 7, according to PFF, with an 89.4 grade, beating out Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, and Derek Carr. He was only sacked once, which partially is due to really great O-line play once again this week. But per next-gen stats, Ryan Tannehill's average time to throw was just 2.17 seconds this week. That's not only the lowest of the week, but it's also the lowest total of any passer this season so far. Like I said, the O-line played really well once again in their second consecutive game. It was even more impressive given who was out there. Taylor Lewan was out with his concussion. Roger Saffold left the game a number of times once again, which is a red flag for Titans fans. But rookie Dylan Radens got his first 22 offensive snaps at the guard position coming in for Roger Saffold. And tackle Bobby Hart, signed midweek, got 42 snaps in this game, filling in for Lawan in a, in a number of uh, drives for this offense. Now, on the defense, 
The secondary played really well considering the opponent and the injuries that they were dealing with. Of the top five graded players by PFF on this defense, three were very unlikely suspects. You had Kevin Byard with a 91.0, really high grade. He had another really impressive game. He's been great so far this season. And Danico Autry came in fifth on the team with a 74.16. He's been a big-time playmaker. We'll get to him some more here in a second. But Dane Cruikshank with a 79.2, Matthias Farley with a 76.1, and Greg Mabin signed from the Cardinals practice squad this week with a 74.9, playing corner for a number of snaps in this game. Three guys that don't get a ton of play with this team really stepped up in a massive way for the Titans. Dane Cruikshank covered Travis Kelsey for a lot of the game. Kelsey only had three targets with one catch allowed for two yards, which is an incredible stat line, especially given the perception of this Titans defense. And their other massive weapon, Tyreek Hill, was targeted nine times. He only completed six catches for 49 yards. So both of their big offensive passing weapons were contained in this game by a Titans secondary that has been kind of reeling so far this season, but they really stepped up in the last two games. I think the secondary success was really set up by what the front four and the pass rush accomplished. I said this earlier in the week on Twitter that this Titans defensive front four and their pass rush is dramatically improved from where they were last season. The stale narrative from many in the national media that don't watch the Titans or are too lazy to look these things up. The going narrative with many of them is that this Titans defense can't get a pass rush. They can't get any pressure up front, which was the case last year for sure. It was abysmal, but this year they've been really, really good. They've retooled that offensive line or sorry, that defensive line. They've now got Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry as their front four, which on paper is a dramatic upgrade. And they've got the production so far this year to prove that the four of them are really formidable and potentially a top five defensive line in this league. The Titans defense generated 22 total pressures between that D line and the outside linebacking group. Harold Landry had five. Jeffrey Simmons had five and Danico Autry had five. Ola Adaini had three, as did Bud Dupree, and Naquan Jones had one of his own. Four of those pressures were sacks, a big four-sack day for the Titans, their most in a game so far this season. Autry had two, and Landry and Dupree got themselves one apiece. This Titans defense has only blitzed on 22% of their defensive snaps, which ranks 20th most in the league so far, according to Pro footballreference.com, but they still rank first in pressures with 84, third in hurries with 43, and ninth in sacks with 17. So in 2021 through seven games, they have 17 sacks thus far. In 2020 through 16 games, they only got 19 sacks. So in the next game or two, they should surpass their sack total from last season before they really get through half of this season of football. An incredible, incredible turnaround for this Titans defense who last year could not get any pressure to save their lives. And I think this is an important thing that I really wanted to to harp on in this episode. This is a fundamental thing that you're taught from from an early age about football. The baseline for success 
for a football team is to not get killed in the trenches. If you are getting outclassed in the trenches on both sides of the ball, it does not matter how good your defensive secondary is. It does not matter how great your offensive weapons are. You can't play winning football if you're getting killed in the trenches. And that's kind of been the story of the Titans season so far. They started out, their defensive line was new to one another. The scheme was new, new defensive coordinator. They were still trying to figure things out. And the offensive line struggled tremendously to open the season. Now both units have really gotten their feet under them. And I think this is something that the league is kind of realizing now. You see these teams like Tampa Bay last season who made it a, I believe, nine game win streak run to end the season and go win the Super Bowl. They killed the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because they got so much pressure with their front four. When you have a, a defensive line and a in de- a pass rush that is able to get pressure consistently, you can make up for the sins of a secondary significantly easier than a strong secondary can make up for the sins of a defensive pass rush. And that just goes back to the fundamental point of you have to win in the trenches. If you win in the trenches, it covers up a lot of blemishes elsewhere on the team. All right, moving right along into our postgame pressers segment, A.J. Brown had a breakout game finally this season after a rough week of preparation for him in terms of health. Here's what he said about his short week of practice leading up to this game. Um, I, I, lost, I lost a couple of pounds. So I'm still trying to get it back. Um, but it definitely was tough, you know, uh, you know, not practicing on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Just trying to just get my win up, get my win up, prepare for the game. So um, it definitely was tough. Um, um, I'm headed in the right direction. Brown was balling out on Sunday, bringing in eight receptions for 133 yards and a touchdown, the vast majority of which came in just the first half. He looked like himself again. He looked like that wide receiver one that the Titans had established for themselves the last two seasons. It was good, I'm sure, for Titans fans to see him be the star that they know he can be for the Titans. Now, the man passing him the ball, Ryan Tannehill, had this to say about the direction that this offense is headed. We're headed in the right direction. You know, we've done some good things. I uh, felt like we built on what we started in the you know, second quarter last week and we were able to get going and finish that game, win the game against a good opponent and build on that today, coming out, getting a, a fast start and scoring a lot of points early. So um, hopefully we can just keep the course, uh, keep working and, and keep it better. Like Brown, Tannehill also had a bit of a return to form couple of games. He's looking like himself again. Now, I'm not sure how much you can put on him from early in the season. Through five games, he was sacked 20 times. Now, he wasn't getting the ball out nearly as quickly as he is now, like I said earlier in the show. He's getting the ball out quickly, and the offensive line is pass-protecting significantly better. So I think that that's probably where you can point to in terms of why was he having a slow start to the season. He looks to be himself again. He's got his top two receivers back and healthy enough to be contributors in A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. The passing game should continue to improve as long as those three things continue to trend in the right direction for Titans fans. Now, Kevin Byard on the defensive end of things, he is really bouncing back from a down year last year 
in a big way so far this season. He's had a number of turnovers and and a hand in a number of other turnovers for the Titans' defense so far. He said after the game that he felt that this was probably the most complete win the Titans had ever had in his time with the team. Here's a clip of him talking about the physicality of this football team. Understood that we had to come in the game and everything starts with 15. We had to find a way to affect the quarterback, make some disguise coverages. Uh, like you said, getting, getting pressure on him, making force him to make some mistakes and not giving him the big play. I mean, they obviously got a couple screens, a couple, you know, gadget trick plays to make some plays, but we didn't give up nothing big over top of our heads. And that was one of the biggest keys. And just being physical, you know, I think that's one thing that's not really talked about. You know, when we win games, you know, people try to find all type of reasons why we're not going to win the next game or all that type of stuff, but they don't never talk about how physical we are as a team. Our offense, obviously, with Derek, they're going to be physical. And it may not be pretty. I think I've seen a stat last week that said, um, since Vegas been here, we had like the most come behind wins in the fourth quarter. That's because of the physicality and the stuff, the way we play the game. It not, might not be pretty at first, but towards the end of the game, that stuff wears on teams. So, uh, like I said, great to have a win. It's no secret in league circles that the Titans are one of the biggest, most physical teams in the league. I mean, just on the offensive side of the ball at the skill positions, you've got A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. Their averages in terms of measurables is 6'3", 235. And that is a trend at most positions. The Titans are big, physical bullies. And and that's the way that Mike Ribble and John Robinson seem to want to put their team together. They want to put together... An old style football team in a way they want to put together a team that can dominate any team in the league in terms of physicality and size. That style of football tends to be advantageous towards the end of the season when you get into the colder weather months when when teams start to break down in terms of health. Finesse football tends to go out the window and rough and tumble football seems to be the way to win in January. And I think that's the mindset that the Titans have and they certainly have accomplished that in terms of putting together a roster of big strong mean dudes now on a final note before we get into the quick hit segment Taylor Lewan he came out after the game and was walking around on the field I got a moment to speak with him I asked him on the field how he was feeling after his concussion last week And he said, quote, oh, man, I'm fine. I just got knocked out a little bit. Uh, He went on to say that he's seriously feeling a lot better and he looked and sounded good. So that's just a a tidbit of journalism from yours truly. Um, He seems to be in good spirits. He seems to be doing well in terms of his concussion. I would I'm no doctor, but I wouldn't expect him to be out for maybe two weeks at most. It wouldn't shock me if the Titans got him back for this week's game. And finally, our final segment of the day for this Tuesday episode is, as always, the quick hits. The Chiefs, three points in their game on Sunday against the Titans, was the lowest of any Chiefs game in the Andy Reid era, which began in 2013. The Titans are the first team to hold Reid and Mahomes to under a touchdown in a game. Patrick Mahomes posted a 6.1 total QBR in this game, which was by far the lowest of his career. His previous worst was 37.4. And the next thing I'd like to get to, it wouldn't be a quick hit segment without mentioning something about Derrick Henry. Derrick is now two for two on jump pass touchdowns in his career. I guess he realized that he needed to pass the ball as well to be considered for the MVP. His first 
jump pass touchdown was to Corey Davis in the Baltimore playoff game two years ago. His second came in this game on their first drive. It was a pass to tight end Michael Pruitt in the back of the end zone. He's also two for two on passing to his least open receiver. I've got a tweet with images of this up on my Twitter page. Both times he had his QB wide open for a screen in the flat. And on Sunday, he actually had a second receiver wide open in the quarter of the end zone. So I give him a 10 out of 10 in terms of ball placement, but probably a one out of 10 in terms of field vision because he's picking his least open receiver every time he goes to make that jump pass touchdown. And the final note I'd like to make on today's episode is is a note on the remaining schedule. We'll do a little looking ahead to where the Titans are headed this season. They've got 10 games remaining. This week, they travel to play the Colts. Then they travel to play the Rams. Then they host the Saints and the Texans. And then they travel to play the Patriots, and then they have their bye in week 13. Their final five games of the season after that bye, they host the Jaguars, go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers, host the 49ers, host the Dolphins, and then finish out the season at Houston. Their opponents, remaining opponents, have a combined record of just 25 and 41. Only two of those opponents currently have a winning record. And that would be the Rams and the Saints, who they play in the next three weeks. Four of these games are against one-win teams. They play Miami, Houston twice, and Jacksonville. Now, this is dangerous for the Titans because we know how they do playing down to competition often. But the red carpet to the one seed in the AFC has absolutely been rolled out. It's theirs to lose. They are currently tied for first place in the conference And they have a tiebreaker over Buffalo, who is a team that many consider to be vying for that one seed. They also have a tiebreaker over Kansas City. Now, I'm not sure Kansas City will be vying for the one seed. I'm not sure they'll be in the playoffs, but we'll have to see how the rest of their season plays out. They had the tiebreaker over the Colts. They can secure that head-to-head tiebreaker over the Colts this weekend. The Titans have an incredibly easy schedule remaining. The easiest of all of the contenders in the AFC. So if they were to handle these games the way that they should and not play down to opponents, the buy in the playoffs and the road to the Super Bowl coming through Nashville is absolutely on the table for this team. All right, that's going to do it for today. Make sure to check out my NFL Tears article later this week over on broadwaysportsmedia.com. And make sure to come back Friday afternoon for the next episode of the Titans 10. We'll be discussing the news from this week as well as looking ahead to week eight against the division rival Indianapolis Colts. Until then, have a great rest of your work week, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do that, and you don't. I get it. I'm guilty of it, too. But not every show you listen to is brand new and trying to get off the ground like we are. So please, it'll help so, so much if you go rate and review and subscribe to the show. Actually go do it. Thank you in advance. We love a good grassroots effort over here at the Titans 10. And I know you've got a bunch of friends and family who follow the Titans. I know you do. So please send them this show and don't just tell them about it. Share the show with them over text. Send it to them. Tell them how much they need it in their lives because, of course, they definitely do. All press conference audio in this episode is from TennesseeTitans.com, so thank you to them for providing that for us. 
Follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at the Titans 10 BSM. That's at the Titans 1-0 BSM on Twitter to keep up with all of my football coverage and get show updates. Make sure to check out me and my talented colleagues over at broadwaysportsmedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got a great team of writers as well as a great podcast network with new content five days a week for you to consume. Whew. All right, that's going to do it for today. I am your host, Easton Freeze, and this has been the Titans 10. Titans 10.